just talk like a little bit about how good NXT Takeover was last week? Oh we yeah, that that, that was my intention. That was my intention. Don't worry. <laughs> I really I watched it with friends friends that don't even follow NXT uh, don't know like like I had to explain who EC3 and Ricochet were um. <laughs> uh, there's no quick way of explaining that <laughs> my, well, I showed it to my sister and she immediately kind of picked like she was like oh I don't like Lars Sullivan or Killian Dane uh, hmm. I like EC3 I like this guy I like this guy she kept she kept laughing because EC three was like used as a weapon a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, EC three took the most like I'm gonna prove myself bumps in this freaking. Yeah. But the, the weird thing about Lord it was going, every time something would happen, Lord would go, "Oh, Ethan." <laughs> the, the weird the weird thing about that match though is the fact that uh, as much as I try and think back on the match, I can only think of like a couple of spots that EC three kind of stood out in. The rest of the time, he was just kind of there. He was just fodder he for everyone else. Take a lot. I remember like, he did the take Vader an awful bomb lot. underneath the ladder, and uh, oh Kelly god, and yeah, that looked like he jumping on broke him. his face. <laughs> he seriously, I wondered if he might have broken his face. Oh, not not Kelly jumping on him. Uh, Lars Sullivan rock bottom. You were nagging him through a ladder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, th- there was that moment where he was sandwiched in the ladder, or he had the ladder on top of him. And Killian Dane just just dropped onto the ladder, and it looked like the ladder squashed onto his face. And I genuinely <laughs> thought he was going to suffer kind of like a, a Joey Mercury style injury. It, nasty, nasty stuff. That match was amazing. Like it deserves those five stars that it got. Absolutely, I didn't see Adam Cole winning it either. Stars? It got five stars. Yeah, there were two matches. This wow. and Gargano Champa got five stars off of um, off it- of Big Dave. It wasn't even in the Tokyo Dome. I know, right? Well, no, to, you need to be in the Tokyo Dome to get the sixth star now. Um, like <laughs> at, at this point, um, Gargano is the five star guy in WWE because this is second one. Oh, he absolutely in is. his second takeover. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt whatsoever. You have to put him in the right situation, but um, he, he can. Oh man, he he, he can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I freaking screamed when Gargano was pulling back on Tommaso's face with the knee brace. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looked a bit awkward, but that worked for it. You know? It looked painful because it, it looked did. like it was in Champa's mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that whole finishing segment, the moment he looked like he was going to sit down, I instantly flashed back to that cruiserweight uh, match that they yeah. had. Oh, and that was so obviously good. the intention, but I was just so he, well uh, done. The, the finish where Gargano lawn darted him into the exposed turnbuckle and then hmm. kicked him the, with the with the DIY style kicks, I bought that finish so hard. Yeah. I was like on the floor counting the three count. I fucking thought for sure that was where the match was gonna end. <laughs> I, it was like in my head a couple seconds ago. I was like, how does what is, how does this match end? And I was like, oh, that's how it ends. And then it yeah. happened, and I was like. Three, two, one, two. Oh my god, I couldn't believe that he got out of that. And the match yeah. kept going. I thought for sure it was over. They just they totally nailed that match beginning to end. Like it, it felt at times like it might be starting to outstay its welcome, but then they just pulled it back in every single time. It was so well done. I'm really happy that he won the match because I was really worried that Champa was gonna win by nefarious means. Um well, the thing that I've I've realized just thinking about like that. That that finish, the, I I thought we're about the time for this at the end. That's like the perfect finish for the match. And then when Gargano kicked out, I was like, no way. 
But then, like, if you think about it, there's no more. There's only two more. There's one more near fall after that, which is when Champa jumps off the the top rope and like. Oh, the the project the Champa off the top yeah. rope. Right, and then you go, you go. Okay, you buy that finish a little bit because you know maybe Champa wins. But then when Gargano kicks out, the final end, actual end of the match is uh, the Gargano sitting down next to him. Champa but trying I, to hit him. It, it's built up so well because he freaking he's gonna do the knee that he didn't want to do at the CWC where he pulls down the knee pad. He takes off the knee brace. He's gonna knee Gargano, and Gargano uses the knee brace to hit him mm. in the knee. Yeah, yeah. just everything uh, fully deserved. Um. That Shayna Baszler Ember Moon match, I, I liked it as a story, yeah. not necessarily as a match. It wasn't the best match in the world. I'm annoyed that it's going on Baszler as soon as it is because I still feel like she has some improving to do, but well, I can totally Ember's understand going to the why main it's roster, happened. So no, absolutely, I, I totally get that the fact that they had to change it at this point. Um, I'm just hoping that that she has a match with um, with Kyrie Sane really soon because Sane is over as fuck and that girl can wrestle. Uh, not saying that Baszler can't, but I definitely think that she's still got a little bit of work to do. Um, she makes the well, most I sense to put it on at the moment. What I, I, when I was watching it, I was thinking so. I, I almost tweeted it before the match, but I didn't want to say something dumb, but I was absolutely right. I was like, Ember's going to lose here mm. because Shayna can't lose twice to Ember. And yeah, good point. Um, and Shayna should have the belt because she's looks so dominant. And there are other women coming up that can, that are faces that'll be perfect for Shayna to go with that. Ember, wouldn't really be the right person to face. And I was like, Ember is ready mm. for the main roster. So and it's about I was time. like, Jana wins, Ember moves up. That's definitely what's going to happen here. Yeah, it's about time that they had a proper heel in the champion's position. Because as much as Asuka was technically a heel, really, it was just nothing changed in her matches. She was still kicking people's asses. She wasn't cheating to win, as far as I remember. Um, or you know, she was just she. It was yeah. There was like a couple of times, but for the most part, she yeah. Was... She was a heel be- at, at that time because she was arrogant, n- not for any other reason. So yeah, you know, it kind of oh dear. Let's have a look at this rampage score: fifty three percent. Huh. Wait, what? I I just read a video game one so far. It's based on a video game. You've yeah. never played Rampage? No. The arcade game where you control a giant monster and just tear down buildings? Oh, that rings a bell. I didn't realize it was yeah, based the, on that, though. Um, <laughs> well, I think because it's, like, based on it in name and concept, but, like, it's not the plot of the game. Yeah, it's not the plot at all. But... Uh, okay. I wonder if they're including Kingsglaive in this, because I feel like that... I haven't seen it yet, but I've been hearing good things about Kingsglaive. That's the Final Fantasy fifteen movie. Okay. Isn't that the one that was sent in for no- nomination consideration by, to the Oscar committee? It, it may well have been. Um, you would yeah. know better than I would. <laughs> does this game ring a bell to you? I'm sure it will. Have seen... Yeah, yeah, it does. It That's does. Rampage. You're right. It's got the crocodile and the wolf and the... It's not a white guy. I love alone. this game, but... This movie doesn't look like it's anything like the game. Although, did you see? Did you see that Dwayne was like bragging? He was like, "This is the best video game score 
or um, for a video game There's, movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And then he was like, and I was in, and I and I know bad. I was in Doom. I was in Doom. <laughs> and then the Doom Twitter account just tweeted at him, Dwayne. <laughs> <with the period. laughs> I love that. I I love it when because it's it's so obvious that they've got a sense of humor about it, and they're just using it to kind of you know get a little bit of attention. It's like when someone complains about something to a brand, and then all of the other brands of of I don't know like dish detergent get in on it and they make this huge joke about it and you know what I mean like you always see them yeah I can't think of fucking examples but who needs examples we all know what we're talking about uh, anyway um, Alistair Black thank fuck for Alistair Black so happy you guys happy. keep having this conversation I really want to watch this playoff playoff game so I'll see you guys in a later no next worries week. man no worries take care yeah. okay bye 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 yeah so Alistair Black Thank you very, very much, Alistair. As much as I like Andrade Almas as a performer, he just never felt like an actual champion to me. Yeah, I agree. I think that him getting the belt was ultimately good because Mm. I think back before he had the belt, he was somebody who, like... Nobody, they they basically fed him to so many stars, like leading up to it, where he would have like pretty good matches with people. But then the point was that he was going to get beat because he was the fall guy to yeah. establish, you know, everybody who came up in NXT for a while. Like a year ago, literally, he was, uh, who did he lose to? I don't even remember. There was like a six man tag, I think, with, like Ty Dillinger and like, him and stuff like that but the point was that he lost all the time yeah um drop it to the stars yeah and it was a shame because he brought he came in as somebody who was gonna be big but it just didn't work and then everybody started booing him and then this gimmick put him in the title feud or title picture and suddenly he's like getting these spotlight matches with these other great wrestlers and everyone realized Mm. Oh, this guy's mm. really good. The title and elevated like, him rather than him elevating the title. And sometimes right, it can be used exactly. in that way. Um, but it, but at the it's same good time, you're right, because he, he doesn't... I, I was ready for Gargano to win the championship, yep. and then it didn't happen. Mm. And now I was ready for... like I was like, well, you know, I think Aleister Black is... He, his... He he! I don't know where else he goes other than winning the title at this point. Mm. I'm surprised he hadn't already won it. So yeah, it made sense, and you can do a lot with him. Mm. I mean, I, I think I think they waited the exact right amount of time to to do what they did. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they did a really good job of making it look like uh, Almas could handle himself against black with the beatdown outside of the um the uh, the um arena even if it was kind of like a, a sneak attack it still showed that he was a dangerous man and that if he was underestimated then he he would be able to take advantage um the only thing that really does him any damage is the fact that um a lot of people are going to remember his reign as being entirely uh, victories that were bought by Zelina Vega because of her interruptions uh, which isn't necessarily an issue if he continues to be a heel, but if they look to turn him face at some point, he's going to have to be able to start winning matches by himself. Um, he does have exceptional matches. Absolutely. Can't take that away from the guy. 
literally the only thing that I have against him at the moment is that his stature just he never felt like he was a top level talent that would be someone that you would put that championship on um but the championship definitely helped elevate him back away from what he was which was job to the stars I'm glad that he's in that position now um and I I don't have a problem with him vying for a world championship at all um I think that they'll end up putting him up onto Raw or SmackDown and he'll be in the mid-card picture for a while. And they're always looking for their next big Hispanic star. So if he builds on that and he continues his run and he ends up becoming world heavyweight champion or in five years' time when Brock finally loses the Universal title, uh, he could end up with that title as well. As long as they haven't done the same thing with him uh, as they have here, where he was jobbing for so so long, uh-huh. that that would be absolutely fine by by me. Um, but it it was just a personal thing for me. I just didn't really, even when he had that belt, it just didn't feel like he was a champion. It it was I, a very strange thing. What I would hope is that he he is one of the people who. I see not gelling on the main roster when he gets called up, depending on how they play it. Mm. Hopefully if Vince sees him as like the next um, Del Rio, that would be great because he's way better than Del Rio in every mm-hmm. single way. Yeah, And yep. if he sees him as being like that, then we'd be in good shape because if he's, mm. Uh, I the, my biggest problem with Del Rio and his pushes and belt wins and stuff like that in WWE is that I thought he was fucking garbage in the ring and I could I think he can talk for shit I fucking hate Del Rio yeah. but I think Almas is great so if you put him in that same role I think that he could be good but it, the problem is you know Vince still has all these decisions that he makes on on things and he's not that's why like so many of these main roster shakeups don't or not shakeups, the main roster, like call-ups don't work out so well is because sometimes Triple H sees this guy as very valuable and Mm. Vince doesn't. And then that's how, like, Ty Dillinger should still be in NXT. He shouldn't have gotten the call-up. I can tell you right now who, no way Jose wasn't ready for his call-up. Oh, Um, God, no. No, he wasn't ready to come back to NXT, let alone move up to the main roster. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else? The Iconics are ready. Ember Moon was oh, ready. Oh, they're so ready. Um, but also, I think the women's division is a place that needs, like the the call ups that they made from NXT back in like January. Hmm. None of those, none of those girls are really ready. Some of them could be ready. I think Sonya Deville and, uh. Probably Mandy Rose, Ruby Riot, and mm. I guess just Sarah Logan. <laughs> I don't think she's ready to be on the main roster. Now that I think about it, but if they shake if they shake them up and, and move them around, I think that like both brands could have a really solid women's division. Definitely, and that's really awesome. I the, think you know the the thing that interests me is the fact that at the moment you've got so many women on the main roster already. Um. Maybe not if you split them in half and have half and half on each uh, one. But you think about the amount of 
talent that was in that Royal, not Royal Rumble, but the women's uh, Battle Royale yeah. at WrestleMania. I, I don't see many women leaving or being released from the main roster anytime soon. But if they keep promoting people from NXT at the speed that they are, it would not surprise me, especially on SmackDown, since they've introduced Paige as general manager, if we end up with women's tag titles. It really wouldn't, I because we, there's enough depth there I now that they could support it. 100%, I think they need to have women's And the Iconics really... would be a fantastic first champion. There's... Like, so many that would options make so much for sense. tag titles. I think it would be perfect for them. I think it's the right move. Mm. I think some Sasha, I think somebody, I think Sasha, somebody was talking about the possibility of women's tag titles and said that they should have them. And I think the biggest reason why is so much of the what you do with the women when they're not the title focus is put them in random tag matches. Mm. So why not make tag teams out of these women? Yeah. Like, Dakota Kai and Nixon Newell are already. I was like, just about to mention them. Yeah, I was yeah. literally just about the to I, mention Team Kick. Yeah, there's a ton of actual tag teams, and then you can put makeshift tag teams. You can elevate some of these. You could have like stars, and then you could have like like you could have Absolution could be a tag team. The yep. Iconics could be a tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could take one of those girls and Ruby Riot and make them a tag team. I guess probably Liv Morgan. Yeah. Um, and, like, you can, like, easily put so many great tag teams together with the women that are available. And I think that they could, like, I think that they should have tag titles. Like, I really do. I think that's a good idea for yeah. this company right now. The only the only real uh, question that needs to be asked if they were to do it, and this really complicates things, is do you stack SmackDown with extra talent and introduce a tag title there? Do you stack both rosters and introduce tag titles on both? Or do you try to do what they did in the original brand split with the heavyweight title and have the tag titles contested among both shows? Which could be problematic, but I could see it being kind of like a bragging rights kind of thing. You know? Yeah, I I think that that wouldn't be a bad option, except that in order to have feuds, you need a place for feuds to take place. Yeah. I, this is, this is, I had an idea with the cruiserweights that I thought would have worked when they, I feel like now we're in a better spot where I think, you know, they'll make it work. But I was thinking for a while, a nice option for the cruiserweights would have been put them either on raw or SmackDown, split them up, let them be on the main roster. And then they're always on, 205 live and so that you keep 205 live a thing Mm. and then you'll that's exclusive cruiserweights anyone under 205 can go on 205 live and compete in the division but they're also on raw and they're also on smackdown they could also be in nxt they're like on separate brands as well Mm. and if you win the cruiserweight championship you're and you're on smackdown then that belt is on smackdown and you know you'll see them come out with the belt but they you know will defend it on 205 live they can defend that you know yeah, pay-per-views yeah. like it doesn't have to be brand specific well, but yeah. that the thing the thing that makes me nervous is like the only reason why i don't think it's a good idea is because there are uh which i guess this is like the same way we were before um but there's uh two heavyweight titles 
two mid card titles, hmm. two tag titles, and two women's championships. Yeah. And so suddenly we end up in this situation where um, you add women's titles to both brands, and then it's just another belt, and things are going to get left off of of pay per views and stuff like that because they're now dual branded. Yeah, especially because they're dual branding the pay per views. Yeah. Right. And if they didn't yeah. do that, it would have been fine. But I mean. But I, I think that like it's still a good idea, and you can have give titles a right. Like it's mm. in the original brand split, things happen like that where it's like, oh, the tag titles aren't on this show. It's mm. fine. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But yeah. I would love to see. Um, I think <laughs> honestly, I think that Money in the Bank this year should just be all Money in the Bank ladder matches. Oh, for all the different I think titles. Every, for every brand's titles, for for so you got. Uh, well, no, because I think that you do a men's, a women's, a and then fuck it, do a tag one. Yeah. Yeah. Do a cruiserweight one or whatever. Just yeah, do yeah. like five fucking ladder matches. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, um, this idea and I can't remember if I mentioned this on what show. It might've been weird science that I mentioned this, but I'm, I'm all for the idea of a money in the bank men's, uh, contract being used not just for heavyweight titles but for mid-card titles as well because i think that that is a way that you can elevate certain titles in importance just by saying look this guy had the opportunity to use this contract to win a heavyweight title but he was so invested and values this u.s title so much or this intercontinental championship so much that he used that opportunity to get that belt back um, right, like the Miz would probably, if he won money, the that's would the use perfect. It for the yeah, that is the perfect example. Like if if the Miz now that he's no longer Intercontinental Champion, if he goes off TV to spend time with his kid, as he should, frankly, you know, um, when he comes back, if the timing was just right that he could be in the ladder match for the uh, the Money in the Bank title um, or briefcase rather, um, if he can win that. And then the very next night, come out and say, I want a title match for the Intercontinental title right now and win that title. Or I think he has to win it to make it a, a complete kind of like, you know, uh, boost for, for, the, for that belt. Because um, otherwise, if he loses that title match, it will just be like, well, look at this idiot. He wasted the chance. He didn't get the title. What a scrub! He could have had the world cha- uh, championship at this point. But, but, but he... that's also, I think, that's a situation too where the thing that makes the most sense is that you, if I was the Miz, mm. that's the only belt I would want because I know I'm 56 days away from having it longer than anybody else. So yeah, well, it's, I, it's that's his. Odd, but, yeah. but it's also harder for me to think of like somebody who would decide they want to use their money in the bank on the U.S. title or. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because not the Miz. The he's, title. he's also made the point, and sorry for that dog in the background. I'm getting, I'm going to strangle him in a minute. Um, but uh, he's pointed out several times, and correctly, by the way, that on Raw, the title is the Intercontinental title because half of the time, the Universal Champion isn't on the show, and when he is on the show, he's never defending it there. So, to all yeah. intents and purposes, the IC title is the title on Monday Night Raw. So it does have that cachet. It, it does have that level. I think that's a brilliant way of, of using that contract. And if they were just clever with how they word it, if they just said, 
you know, when they're introducing the Money in the Bank ladder match, they could just say uh, the winner will gain a contract that can be used for a championship match at any time in any place, blah, blah, blah. Don't say heavyweight. Don't even mention that word. Just say championship match. And then suddenly you open the gates for this to be a thing. I'm I'm inspired by the New Japan Cup, essentially. Um, yeah. Because I would do a, that's a that's a great tournament with which does exactly the same. It elevates championships that aren't the heavyweight ch- uh, title. I would do. I think maybe. I like that idea, and I wouldn't mind even having a, um, like I said, if we're just doing all all ladder matches, like I wouldn't even mind another match where. Or you do like a Raw and SmackDown once you have two briefcases. So if you want to throw it into the mid card, you can because you, there's another one floating around. But I also don't like the idea of it being for one solo brand. I like the idea of whoever has the money in the big briefcase showing up on the other show and mm. at any time. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's 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 much more fun. Like when the implication is that Carmella the only person she could use it on was Charlotte. Hmm. That was the implication. They've mentioned it. Like even when she was at the hall of fame, she was like, she's like, I put my, I love my briefcase in the back, but I'm keeping eyes on Charlotte. And it's like, well, what about Alexa? Like, (laughs) are you not allowed to use it on Alexa? Like, like what's the implication there? But I love, I think hopefully if they like, they are going to do it where, it's all the brands against each other. Or even that, if it's not that like, fuck it, do two, one for each brand, but let them be just normal briefcases. Like they don't have to, I don't know. I just want to see it. I like the idea of it being anybody at any time. Mm. It's much more exciting that way. I think that that's the benefit of dual branding these pay-per-views as well, is that when you have a dual branded money in the bank, assuming it's three or four guys from SmackDown and three or four guys from raw, you're not going to color code that case. It's literally going to be a gold case with the money in the bank logo on it. So mm-hmm. that does kind of, even though the inference could be made that, oh, he's got his eyes on the, the champion of his show, you could still end up very realistically twisting it the same way that the Royal Rumble was used all that time ago and say, well, no one ever said it had to be his champion that he challenged. And he could just randomly turn up one night on Raw and, and um, just, you know, win the title from... I mean, that would be a great way of, of dethroning Brock Lesnar. If Lesnar mm-hmm. is having a massive argument with, I don't know, Roman Reigns or whoever the fuck, and then they get the upper hand and beat him down. Um, and then out of nowhere, uh, I don't know, like Shinsuke Nakamura turns up from SmackDown and, and cashes in the, the briefcase and wins the title from Brock Lesnar. Like, what a hell of a way not only to change the title, but also, like, no one ever expects to see a heavyweight, uh, a, a universal title match on Raw because when was the last time that Lesnar even wrestled on Raw, you know, officially between yeah. two bells? Like, it, it just hasn't happened in Literally years. fucking the last time he was in the company. Yeah, like, or, probably no, a decade wait, ago. Was it an official match when he fought um, Slater? Ooh. I'm not sure. I don't know if that was a match or if he just beat him up. Even if it was an official but match, I'm not really sure. He really has I count not it. had a match on Raw. In yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Like that, he's not been uh, in a position where like there have been stakes to the match where you thought, oh, he could win this, he could lose it. 
God, I I'm qualifying well, the fuck why, out. Another now. reason why I love the Oscar Charlotte match ending so much is because on RBR they were like, I've heard that what they might do is have Oscar win and then next year WrestleMania end the streak. And I was like, no fucking way. Do I want to watch a champion hold on to you another can't belt? Have a hang on to it for a year. year. Well, I no. know they're not going to lose it because yeah. that's exactly what. That's the worst part about this mm, Roman mm. Rock thing is that we knew it was coming forever, but and then, it sucked. You know, there was nothing. They never deviated. But from then it. the good thing about it, um, the Asuka thing here, is that at least she would be on the show week in week out. Um, you know, but I completely agree with you. Like, I the more I think about it, the more sense it makes, and I wasn't even angry with it. Like, um, the only the only thing that bothered me, and it didn't bother me, it just amused. No, oh, sorry, I got hiccups. Amused me was the fact that she gets the belt and she's about to give it to Charlotte, but then she shouts out, she shouts, "Charlotte was ready, was ready for Asuka, right?" Except mm-hmm. that, unfortunately, because Asuka hasn't got the best pronunciation in the world, initially to me it sounded like she was shouting for the crowd to shut up, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, they're turning a heel." And then she goes on to say, ready for Asuka. And I was like, oh, she must have meant Charlotte. Okay, fair enough. Um, but it was a great I, moment. I have started to find Asuka adorable, which is... Oh, and it's all Mixed Match like, Challenge. It's all because of that. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's Mixed Match Challenge. It's when she um, gave the belt to Ember Moon when she won. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this moment in the ring. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've started to find that, oh, like, she's, like, really cute, and, like, you wouldn't expect her to be like that. Well, welcome to the bandwagon. She, when she's, yeah, when she's given the opportunity, she's, like, adorable. Before, I tell, so you, surprising. I tell you something now, before, and you know this, because I've been very open about it on Twitter and stuff, before Nikki Cross was a thing, uh, Asuka was my wrestling wife. Like, she, she was, <laughs> she, she was, to me, as Alexa Bliss is for Paul. Like, I absolutely love Asuka. I don't know why. Couldn't tell you. It's probably got a thing about the Japanese. Um, but seriously, uh, uh, right up until the point that Nikki Cross debuted as a nuts character, at which point I just fell in love with her and I was like, okay, I'm sorry, Asuka. She's also great, and I don't know where she is. <laughs> like, but she needs to be around because she's so good. She's still around. She's doing um, house shows and stuff. Uh, they just haven't got anything for her at the moment uh, on NXT, so they're keeping her away from it, which is fine. You know, she's just out of rotation, I guess. But they do think highly enough of her. They wouldn't have given her that barnstormer of a match against Asuka if they didn't believe that she was capable of having a good match. She's definitely one of the you better hands I... there at the moment. You know who I saw at an NXT show have a really good match with Asuka? Mm. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan is amazing. I love her. Yeah, she had a really fun match with Asuka, and they did this bit where they, I don't know if it was like it started in a submission hold or what it was, or if Asuka had a submission hold and Liv was trying to get her way out. Mm. But there's a spot in the ring where they're like rolling around the ring, and every time whoever was had the submission hold on, their shoulder would like rotate onto the floor and the ref would count it. Yeah. It was like one, one. And it was just like rolling around the ring. It was really fun. Yeah, no, that was a great match. I remember the build up to that as well. Like the whole story was nobody's giving me a chance against Asuka, but I think I'm ready. And, you know, um, and then she wasn't ultimately, but she put up a really good effort. 
Um, and nobody had seen masses about Liv Morgan before then. She'd had matches. Um, most of them were against enhancement talent. Um, I liked her. I, I have a, a thing for kind of like that tomboyish um, kind of uh, New York character that she was uh, using at the time. Uh, really, I, I want to be like a Mormon um, in in terms of like wrestling relationships because there's like three or four. A lot, I've, of, a lot of wrestle life. Uh, I, t- I tell you what, right now, um, the one that is on my radar and I'm thinking this girl is going to be fucking amazing and she kind of already is, um, is the, um, oh my God. Uh, you know the 50s pinup? Oh, Lacey Evans? Lacey Evans. Oh my God, that girl is good. Like, since they turned her heel, she's just gone on to a whole different level, but she's got, she she's got, Charlotte's size and athleticism. Um, she's got just this raw power to her, which you just don't see in, in many of, of the women in WWE. But she's also got tremendous poise. And her execution mm-hmm. is just crisp as well. Um, and I liked her when she was faced, but since she's turned heel, I've just seen this this viciousness that you didn't quite get beforehand. And it really yeah. suits her. It really does. And I think that she could be as big as Charlotte. She really could be. It all comes down to what they decide to do with her when they bring her up, if they bring her up. But um, I, I love her. I think she's got a unique style to her, both in the way that she wrestles and also the way that she looks. That 50s pin-up look is really working for her. And uh, she's got yeah. a hell of a story as well. You know, she she was a young mum. Uh, she's in the um, the Marines. Uh, so she's hard as nails. You know for sure that she's hard as nails if she was in the Marines. Um, mm-hmm. I I just seriously, I see big things for her if they stay the course. And that's always the consideration. Talent doesn't always necessarily matter. Uh, we've seen plenty of talented people that have gone in and out of that company and never amounted to anything because they just weren't thought of in that way. Um, it looks like Rusev might be on the way out and I'm very sad about that. We'll see. It could be a massive work, but at the moment, it feels like he might be on his way out right now. I actually, style. I'm hoping that it, if it starts to be like the Daniel Bryan thing where the fact that they won't let do anything with him becomes the story that they are doing something with him. And mm. that's like a bit because that Daniel Bryan thing paid off when eventually they did decide to make it. Yeah about that and mm. then pay it mm. off correctly. But it's just whether he's still I with them also, or not. Like, I don't know what the contract situation is there. Well, everybody, somebody, somebody with WWE said he's not going anywhere. And the thing that I think, I honestly think everyone saw him going up against The Undertaker as, or like losing that match as a problem. But I think uh, that's probably for the best. Because it's going to be a squash. It has to be a squash. Look at going to lose and that's going to suck for him. Whereas... Who knows? Maybe he wins the Rumble. Like, I don't know what... Maybe. It matters. But I don't Jericho, know what the point of this is, but... Yeah, but, like, Jericho can come in, lose that match clean in three minutes, and it won't matter. It won't bother him yeah. one little bit. He's not He's not on TV. He's yeah. not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. He's a draw for the show. Like, it, it makes more sense than Rusev. Rusev can do something else. Yeah. Okay, so who do you think... Who, who do you think goes where this week? Oh, it's a good question. Um... 
I, I hate that they're doing the shakeup thing again and they're not doing because I, I preferred the old way that they did the draft where it was like a bunch of interbrand matches and then hmm. uh, whoever won got a roster edition and it was random because it was always fun and you didn't know what to expect. And it makes a lot more now, sense logically as well because it like, if, like when the Miz came out at the beginning of Raw last year, I was like, hmm. what the fuck's going on? Like yeah, it didn't yeah. feel like. Miz was on Raw. It just felt like he showed up on Raw, and then they were the answers just like, "Oh, Miz is on Raw now." And then Dean came out, who was also on SmackDown, and it was like, I don't know. You gotta have these people like start to like you mix them in like when you have a well, you don't want to cook your eggs when you're when you're making something, so you like temper them. Mm. That's how you want to do it with the new roster people. You don't want to throw out all the new roster people yeah. at once. Um, I don't know. I I think. First of all, what you're saying, I completely agree with because uh, if if I'm Paige, if I've just been newly installed as general manager and from the sounds of what they're saying about how this is set up, it, it's going to be based on a trade system. So the general managers have a say in who goes, who goes, uh, who stays and who goes, etc. If I'm yeah. Paige and Daniel Bryan is not a SmackDown talent by the end of the of the two days... I need my ass firing. I genuinely yeah, do. Yeah, but I think that as like that's like storyline wise, but I think as like show wise, I do think it's probably better for Daniel Bryan the wrestler to not be on SmackDown because Really? To me, yeah, because to me when I watched him face AJ Styles, he still felt like the GM of SmackDown to me. But if he's on Raw as a talent, then I'm thinking of him as Daniel Bryan the wrestler is back and not Daniel Bryan's just wrestling mm. a couple of matches. Like, Kurt Angle on Raw, you know what I mean? I suppose. It still feels that way to me. But if yeah. he's on Raw, then I'm going to be like, shit, he's a real, actual wrestler. He, this mm. is, like, mm. more than him just stepping back as GM. He's going to actually feel like an ring competitor to me. Yeah. But, well, I and mean, I also don't way. think AJ's going anywhere. And I think that they did Daniel Bryan versus AJ to get that out of the yeah. way. Before no, I, I think because, uh, who, whoever yeah. is uh, World Heavyweight Champion is staying on SmackDown. Uh, whoever's universal yeah, champion they're not gonna, stays they're not on gonna Raw. move Brock no the smackdown <laughs> um i think the 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 guaranteed people that are, are not moving are going to be anyone that has a color coded belt right. i think that's fairly but... certain however you could move the us champ you could move the ic champ i think the one guarantee is going to be that wherever daniel bryan ends up will be the same show that the miz ends up um, and this is the other thing that I, that kept getting me not nervous, but I'm not really sure what to do with. Because hmm. when I'm looking at the roster, I'm thinking, who, it, do I would love to get Jinder off of SmackDown and onto Raw? And because you know I he'd end up on be... the scrap pile in the matter of days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and I think. Seth would be great on SmackDown. Uh, um, yeah. I also think Finn would be great on SmackDown. And mm. I also think Jeff Hardy would be great on SmackDown. And if you're moving Seth, we got to put Finn, or we are moving Seth, then you got to put Miz on SmackDown. And if Daniel <laughs> Bryan, you got to keep him on SmackDown now. So it was like, I don't know who the fuck you move in that mid card because I kind of just want to put everybody on the same show but yeah. i don't know um i i mm, let's see i i think the theories about the new day being broke up are probably correct i, pers- I think 
a good idea. Yeah, I, I think personally, I would probably move. Mm. Who wrestled? Who wrestled the Usos this week? From the New Day. Oh, good question. Um, Woods and Biggie. I think it was Woods and Biggie. Yeah. Okay, I think Kofi gets moved away from them. Mm, because because they hit a new tag uh, finisher that they'd never done before. Ah, uh, okay. I where I could... Biggie. Biggie like basically did the rock bottom, and uh, I think Woods did a backbreaker, and it was really fucking cool looking. And I, they need to keep doing it, mm. but um, <laughs> I'd like to see Biggie go on the run. Those two are like doing something new. Yeah, I, I I think I'd like to see Biggie go on a singles run. Um, and I would I... like to see all three of these guys go on a single run. They're all. I, I think Kofi deserves a singles run. Mm, I think mm. Xavier can have a singles run. Like, I think that they all deserve one. Yeah. So maybe if you put one on one show, keep a couple on the other, you could still have the other two say, well, it, look, it's not the same without insert name here. So how about we just give it a go with singles careers and just, you know, leave on a good note and just shake hands and walk away. That might be a way of doing it. I think you'll probably end up... Um, You'll end up with one of them on SmackDown, two of them on Raw. Uh, so I'd probably leave. Hmm. Probably leave Big E on SmackDown. Then, because Woods and Kofi both technically qualify for 205 Live, I think. So if you move them to Raw. If they get lost in the shuffle, they could always do the whole 205 Live thing. Um, and they could have some good matches with the talent on that roster. Definitely. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I guess you could do that. Um, I guess it makes more sense if Brian does get moved to Raw, but I really don't want to see that. Uh, if that's the case, then your mid-card titles are going to stay where they are. Um, um. Yeah, and I, I, I think it, all of those people, like the reason why Jeff, I think, moves is because you basically you have, him they from... have him, you separate him, and they also did that segment backstage on Raw where it was like, oh, here's, here's them together one last time to kind of like send this storyline off, and then you put Jeff on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Although, you know, this two-day event, you're going to get, like, the, the big goodbyes for split-up teams and stuff, aren't you? So um, I, I think you'll be all right there. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Authors of Pain ended up on SmackDown after one week on Raw, uh, just because I think, I think you've got to have someone that can go toe-to-toe with the Bludgeon Brothers. Do I wouldn't mind seeing the bar move to SmackDown. Ooh. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. You, you could keep A and and move. I, you could swap Usos and um. You could swap Usos in the bar, and then you could have uh, Bludgeon Brothers versus AOP. Hmm. That sounds good to me. The only problem that you'd have with. Oh, actually, no, it's not a problem at all. I'm just thinking that um, I don't know how much longer the bar has as a team, and I'd really fucking love it if Cesaro could finally get a singles run 
And I would absolutely adore a match between him and Shinsuke. Yeah, me too. I think that would that would be exceptional. I, it would be hard hitting. I think they can both. The problem, the the only problem I I really would have is that after watching that AJ Styles match, I'm beginning to think that the reason that Shinsuke isn't working a strong style move set is not because he doesn't want to, but because he's not really allowed to. Yeah, um, which is a real shame be because when he fought Sami Zayn on NXT in his debut match. That was probably the closest to a New Japan match that you're going to get on WWE TV. Yeah, and I, I also think that, like, I don't know. I'm afraid that if you put Cesaro away from Sheamus, though, that they don't use Cesaro anymore. Yeah. Like it almost feels like those two together is, like, why they're getting used. Mm. But I, I have doubts about Sheamus, how much longer he can go at it. Because there's constant murmurings about potential back problems and neck problems. And yeah, I don't know. True. Even when I watch their matches, I think to myself, are they protecting him? And the way that he takes Beals now, he there was a Beal that he took the other night against um, uh, Braun Strowman. And he, he took it almost like a, um, like a roll. Like he, he rolled off of his shoulder. And it, there, there was no impact there. He just kind of rolled through it. And maybe yeah. that's just a one-off thing. I don't know. But it just felt... It, it kind of feels to me... I'm probably picking up on it more than I should be. But it feels like he's not working the same style. And that could be just to protect himself because he's had a, a scare. I don't know. Yeah. But he may not have that much longer left. Potentially. I don't know. Um, but yeah, honestly, like I could see them moving anyone anywhere, uh, which is part of the beauty, but also what's really annoying about this whole idea of the uh, the, the superstar shuffle, because it doesn't feel like they have yeah. any plan for anyone. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Mm. But I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna see a movie, so I will talk to you later. <laughs> Enjoy your movie. I'll speak to you soon.